The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's March 22nd. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. Back on the podcast after some, I'm going to call it family stuff. Can I call it family stuff that made us skip Wednesday? I think I'll just, should I leave it at that? Or should I explain yes. it? What do you think? No, you should leave it at that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll make it cryptic. That's good. All right, so we had to skip when <laughs> we had to skip Wednesday's podcast because that's some family stuff that going on. But we're back again for <laughs> we're back again for Friday, uh, talking a seven game NBA slate. This one, I well, first of all, I want to say one thing. Last night, if you were using our FanDuel, or if you're using both either, if you're using our NBA optimizer last night, you're very happy because uh, we cashed every site. Uh, but FanDuel almost uh, won some single entry tournaments. Like it was just. Let's go. Off of all the chalk, like, like a little bit off of Carl Anthony Towns, but you know, uh, went on the drumming. But I gotta say, I was using the word donkeys with D O N C dash E Y for Luka Doncic. People that played him at ten thousand, can you like that? And I just kept using it over and over again. The people in our chat were completely getting sick of it because I just kept saying it over and over and over again. <laughs> but, well, once I saw blood in the water, that people were getting annoyed by it was the time when I just really kind of just. Then took it up, to, sort of like James Davis level, like James Davis back in like oh. 2000. James Davis, I'm gonna like bachelor party, like our like our yeah. joint bachelor party fame. Yeah, two bachelor party sounds like we got married to each other, but the uh, which we did not, but the um, you we know, basically like, did. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but like back in like 2003, 2004, yeah. James Davis, it's like sees a little, like maybe had like eight beers. <laughs> now sees a little sees a little blood in the water that someone's getting annoyed by a joke. And now it's just rampant uptime. Would you say? Well, it's, that it's one like of those a- things. It's hard to. It's like when you try to talk to a twenty-two-year-old about what it was like to watch Michael Jordan. You know, it's going to be hard to really describe it unless you were there. But yeah, there was my prime was. I had a pretty solid prime, and it was a lengthy prime as well. High <laughs> peak and extended for a while of being a uh, being on top of my trolling game while drunk. So I, I set all that down, as frequent listeners will know. But uh, in those days, whew, I could. <laughs> So anyway, that's what I was uh, I was going for last night. But anyway, so um, we were off some of the chalk and ended up uh, hitting, spiking some other good plays. So I'm feeling pretty good going into this Friday slate, which actually, in writing it up, did not. It just it's one of these ones. So I, when you have a seven, you have a seven game slate, and we're getting near the end of the season, so we're gonna have to start eliminating some teams from DFS contention when it comes to just safety. There's some of those teams exist on this slate, but not a ton. The problem with this slate is there's just actually a lot of good teams that play pretty good defense. And maybe some blowout risk. So we'll that's I, I don't know. I, we'll go through some of these games, but this slate was not really jumping off to me as something that I was feeling awesome about from a just high value cash game perspective. But we'll go through game game by game and mention uh, some of the games that stand out and some of the ones that are like I don't know. But the first one actually has a lot of has has some real DFS relevance. It's Memphis going into Orlando, and really the news is that Mike Conley right now is doubtful mm-hmm. with general general soreness. This is the best term that people, load management <laughs> and general soreness are the new, the new things that have to make the league completely crazy when they see these injury tags come in because yeah. this is just the exact thing that they're trying 
to avoid, and then Mike Conley's going to not play for general. To sport. be fair, but, Mike Conley did just come off playing 42 minutes against Houston. Like I understand no, why say, he might be a little sore. You know? Memphis, I'll give it to these te- a lot of these teams. I know we're having we're now many minutes in and haven't gotten into this this later at all, but I will say it does seem to me like a lot of these teams are. When they have their guys, they're going for it. You know, like the Suns, if they're playing their guys, they're just the guys are going to play minutes. Like the Grizzlies with Mike Conley, when he plays, he plays minutes. He plays 34, 35 minutes a game. Yeah, um, I mean the Grizzlies have won five of their last seven, including four against playoff teams. Like, yeah, so I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not, not really like, <laughs> yeah, they're not a team that I think of when I think of like these teams that look like the Knicks. We'll get to the Knicks soon, but like the um, the Memphis is not like this. It's just more like this these funny injury tags. It's like now he's not really injured. Um, he's just kind of like tired, and we don't really want to play. It's kind of not your business. Th- How about that? <laughs> 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 yeah, just like hey, we just like the HIPAA HIPAA law HIPAA law said that we don't need to disclose his uh, his <laughs> his health stuff. All right, so don't even try asking because it's illegal. Um, um, where do we see Delon Wright's uh, ownership right now? I mean, do you think we're talking like ninety percent ownership? He's not exactly cheap. Fifty one hundred yeah. is his price has come up mostly because the opportunity for him has been there even when Conley plays. Like he even started last game alongside Conley at the shooting guard. But um, so, do you think the the price of fifty one hundred keeps people maybe some people away as opposed to if he had been like a thirty five hundred dollar play? Or do you think we've seen enough from him and there's just kind of he's just of enough of a known quantity? That we get like I don't know eighty five to ninety percent ownership, maybe on both sides. Excuse me, I burped a little bit. Maybe on both sides. <laughs> uh, you might. I, I, it's kind of an enigma to me because we actually looked at him in that last game against Houston uh, when he was going to get the start. He wound up playing forty one minutes and only scored twenty one fantasy points. But it's important to point out that he will probably run the point with Conley not there, and Conley shot twenty three times in that game. So you take away Conley's minutes and usage, and I think the Grizzlies are going to have to rely on him quite a bit more. And I think that in that case, he really ought to be really highly owned. Uh, and People might be actually scared off him. Uh, they might see the uh, inflated price tag and the fact that he just played the minutes and didn't get there and be spooked, but I think that's actually a little bit of a red herring. I think that in this game, in this situation, he's a great player. Yeah, the better comp is the March 3rd game where Conley sat and right played 36 minutes, shot 14 times, had yeah. six assists, had eight rebounds. One thing, I gotta make a quick complaint here. I use ESPN's game logs because they're easy to they're easy to use. Um, then, like just our we have like a you know, game logs in our system and stuff like that, like in in our database. But they were eliminated the games where people didn't play. Like they used to have they used to have the zero minute games in the. Oh uh, wait, in, Fanduel it, doesn't have those anymore. I don't know if Fanduel has them. I don't use Fanduel. I use ESPN. Uh, I'll, uh, look, I'll look at Fanduel. ESPN, yeah, but, Yahoo eliminated theirs too. I'm a, I'm an old school Yahoo guy when it comes to game logs. I mean, what they, a disaster! This was the key. This was the best. This is the easiest way to look at like what players have done in games people have missed. Now I got to do a freaking SQL query where like the, like look up a player, look at the zero minutes, find the date, and then go back. I don't know if we'll find a. Now you just look here. at Fanduel. You can just do it on Fanduel too. Yeah, but you can't look at the game log on Fanduel. Like you can't. I mean, you can't look at the box score on Fanduel. Yeah, like, you, you can't. Multiple like, tabs open. You look on Fanduel and then you go oh, that's over. So here. annoying. Now the best thing was the, <laughs> the best thing was the on ESPN. You would look, you would find the zero games, and then you would kind of go in and see what players did. Now it's now they just eliminate those things. So, so I don't know. No one from ESPN listens to this, but man, I'm almost thinking about sending them an email. But like, please put back the zero games back in. All right, keep going here. I wrote up Justin Holiday. This guy's so ter- <laughs> this guy's so terrible. This guy could play 55 minutes, and I'm not sure. Like he would get eight points and four rebounds, and still our system. Is going to like him here. No Avery Bradley, no Conley, really not in the way. A lot of, they lost CJ Miles for the season. So, like, they're, they're really, really short on guards here. I, like, is that is that enough guys missing 
to, to want to play Holiday. I can only play Holiday if there's many, many, many players missing <laughs> from a team, and I feel like we're pre- I feel like we're pressing up the, against the number that I feel comfortable with. He's only 3,700 FanDuel. I've been like 38 minutes, and I still he's still like at only 50% of the lineups. What do you think about him, and then we'll move on? Yeah, I mean, he just played 38 minutes and scored 18 fantasy points. Uh, unlike Wright, I don't know that it really affects his usage, who's running the point. Uh, I think that he's just kind of the guy who sits in the corner, uh, and just doesn't do a whole lot. Like he hasn't scored double-digit points from the field since February 27th. So yeah, and it's not because he hasn't uh, played. This guy's got plenty of big minutes games on his logs. He just doesn't. And it's not like he's stuffing the stat sheet elsewhere either. By the way, he's got <laughs> four games in that stretch with zero assists. I'm sorry, five games in that stretch with zero assists. Uh, like he's just, yeah, he's just a, a nobody out there. I think on FanDuel you can play him, especially if there aren't a lot of other good drops. Uh, you know, you just kind of put him there and move on with your life and just take the drop if it comes. But yeah, I don't think he's something. He's a guy you want to necessarily build your lineup around. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a, a definitely a high candidate for a drop or a big candidate for a, the drop guy oh, on yeah. FanDuel just because of it's a weaker position and the minutes could be there and you never know. He could just could, could, you know catch a couple threes and all of a sudden you're not looking at getting totally buzzed. Final guy I did write up Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, 7,700 on FanDuel, so it's not exactly cheap. He gets a really good matchup here against Orlando. The minutes have been hovering around 30, um, and he really is one of these guys. If he can play 30 minutes, he can fill up the stat sheet between the points and the rebound. So yeah. right now he's in lineups. He's far from a must-play, but uh, he is a guy that I wouldn't if, – if he ended up in there, I, I, he's not a guy that I would probably I don't know, turn my nose up at. On the Orlando side – We've been all down the road with these guys a lot. They just have, they've had basically 100% the same team for many, many months now. Outside of like one Terrence Ross missed the game, I, I can't think of a time where these guys have really changed their starting lineup at all. And when that's the case for months and months on end, I think you're just looking at fair pricing on all of them. But also, it's a very, very low total in this game. Any thoughts on Orlando, then we'll move on. Yeah, I think you pretty much summed it up for me. Uh, it's a combination of consistent minutes and a bad matchup and a medium to big slate. I'm not going to play these guys. All right, Clippers go in and play Cleveland. Cleveland has had some weird injury news lately. Just you know, is Kevin Love or Kevin Love going to play or not? You know, they had uh, who's the one they had the other night? That, oh, they weren't sure who was going to start for him. It was like Marquise Crisp and and uh, I'm getting all confused. Who's the other guy? Um, Chris and somebody else. And I'm getting confused. Anyway, then he was going to play. Then he didn't. It looks like Love is going to be back tonight and play. He's questionable with a concussion, but then he didn't end up on the injury report. So my guess is that he plays. He, he's one of these guys, it's kind of like Anthony Davis too, though, Anthony Davis light in that when he plays, he's too expensive on the minutes that he plays to actually yeah. roster him. But when he plays, it's also just eliminates basically the rest of the team from fantasy contention. Does that make, I mean, I, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about the Cavs in general. I don't know if you feel different. No, I think I feel pretty similarly. Um, you know, he, well, it's a combination actually him and Tristan Thompson has been peeking his nose around. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that, but he came back yeah. and played 12 minutes for the first time in quite a while against Milwaukee there. So I think just that, uh, yeah, getting little busy bodies back in the front court and then the back court guys, you know, like we've had some success rostering Sexton at different times. He's at a season high price tag right now. And it's kind of hovering around paying value. I think if you wind up with him in your lineup, like it's not the worst thing in the world, even with love around, but definitely nothing you need to go out of your way to play. Yeah, guys like Nawaba, guys like Osman, these guys can yeah, kind of exactly. become values when they're, the rest of the team is just short on when they're short on talent. But love coming back kind of throws a monkey wrench in that. Well, not that is a tricky one too. I think if Nawaba starts, you probably just play him. But that's the type of thing they've been making that call like really late at the buzzer. He didn't wind yep. up starting against Milwaukee and played just 16 minutes. So yeah, you got to be pretty careful there. 
And then the Clippers, they're another one of these deep teams. You know, they start Shamit, they start SGA, and then, you know, Lou Williams is the guy that comes in off the bench uh, and plays more minutes you know, in the guard spot. And they start uh, Zubak, but Montrose Harrell is the guy that comes in off the bench and kind of fills it up from power forward. Clippers, I, I feel like this is a team that I've really only played on short slates or like, you know, the turbos, the express ones, the late, late <laughs> slates. I, I think that this is going to be the, the same here for this, for this matchup too. I've just not really seen – I'm not seeing a ton of value from their team. Yeah, I don't either. I think, you know, it's too bad because Cleveland is a really good defensive matchup, mostly just that they play defense very poorly. But yeah. since the Clipper guys have been playing pretty consistent minutes, they're all priced to their absolute peak. Like, you're just not going to play Lou Williams at 7,400 at 26 minutes or whatever. So right. I think you'd probably just skim over this one. Um, in, a, in a game that we probably really want to tune into, they're on, this is the... Um... The second half of a home and home between the Thunder and Toronto. They played the other night, and the game went to overtime, and the, the Toronto ended up winning. Now a lot of the same, a lot of the same pieces are in place here for Toronto. Kyle Lowry is not going; he's doubtful right now. I doubt he's going to play. So I think we're going to start Fred Van Vliet, or the, excuse me, the Raptors are going to start Fred Van Vliet at point guard again. And then, I mean, how much do we want to use last game's comp? It was a, it was a overtime game. They won one twenty three to one fourteen. I wrote up Kawhi. I know one game is not a comp, and our system is pulling Kawhi out independent of you know what happened in the last game. Would mm-hmm. you feel confident running him in cash? It's it's kind of defaulting to Kawhi instead of Paul George, let's say, right? Like Kawhi's ninety nine hundred. Yep. They're in the same game. Uh, George is I just had it in front of me and I lost. Oh yeah, George is up to third. No, sorry, that's uh, Giannis. George is ten six, so seven hundred more for Paul George. Do you have like a gut call? I've George for more minutes, but Kawhi for more fantasy points. Does that strike you as correct? Like I, I this I think this is going to be sort of a a challenge play for a lot of people tonight, deciding which of these two guys to roster. Yeah, well, this we were in this exact same situation, obviously, the last time these two teams met. Uh, we landed on Kawhi. Uh, important to note that Kawhi was cheaper in that game. The price has come up, I think, 300 uh, George's price has mysteriously come up a little bit as well, even though he was pretty bad against Toronto the last time they met. I think the really what it comes down to is Kawhi represents just about the worst possible matchup for opposing small forwards when you know he's going to cover them. Like Toronto can do a lot of switching and that kind of thing, but you'd have to figure that Kawhi will be shadowing George once again. Uh, and George just looked like he couldn't do anything out there. And I still have you know deep-seated fears that George might be still be nursing some kind of injury here. Uh, so I think for me, I would probably land on the Kawhi side. I think at worst, they're kind of a push. And if they're a push, I'll just take the savings. We saw, you know, he did have a little bit of foul trouble. George did foul out of that game. It's only played 35 minutes, which is well under. You can usually put his minutes in line with what Westbrook plays. Westbrook played 44, and that was 39 in regulation. So I think typically that's going to be the case with George. I don't know exactly when he fouled out, so I don't, I kind of don't remember that. But um, I think in general, I think we can take we can pretty pretty aggressive on George's minutes. And then we have Westbrook. He went. He dropped 42 points, 11 rebounds, six assists in that game. Right now, he is coming along. He's coming with. Yeah, no, okay, he's coming with Kawhi on FanDuel. He's at 90% of our lineups right now, and he's something like 80% of our DraftKings lineups. Is he the payoff option here? you feel comfortable with that? I mean, we have guys like Giannis at 13,000. I, I think I would, we can talk about some reservations there. Um, would Westbrook strike you as a top-end payout, maybe pair him with Kawhi here, and then just kind of fill in the pieces around him, around them, I guess? Uh, sure, I mean, I think if we looked, again, at the last game as a comp, the Thunder were very confident putting Westbrook out there for big minutes. He played 43 minutes, scored 42 points, and you know did a bunch of other things too, including nine turnovers, by the way. It's kind of tough to watch, but I think that nonetheless, he, the price hasn't come up on him at all. I think he's a very, very high floor payoff option. And point guard, you know, it's got some interesting options, and I'm sure we'll get to those as kind of time goes by. Uh, but 
and I'm not the least of which is in this very game with Fred VanVleet. He actually had pretty good ownership in this last game too. Um, but I do think as a payup option, he looks like a pretty good one. Yeah, I think we can go on Van Vliet. Uh, I like a much, you know, for instance, like if you look at FanDuel right now, you have Van Vliet and Emmanuel Moutier in like the yep. same price range at 5,600 for Van Vliet and 52 for Moutier. I'd much rather play Van, v- Van Vliet, I think. I, like even with, we'll talk about the next two, but um, I think if I'm looking at those two guys as like sort of challenge plays, I'd much rather roll Van Vliet. The final question I have for you is minutes on Pascal Siakam because he mm-hmm. played he, uh, let me shoot I just clicked on this thing cuz ESPN blasted a video on my face when I had it on this again he played <laughs> he, he played, played 43 minutes too. yeah 43 in this so like 38 let's say 38 in regulation was Siakam was mm-hmm. awesome 13 33 points 13 rebounds um really was one of the plays of the night but if you look back at his recent game log those minutes are much especially the minutes in regulation so forget the overtime minutes but even like the 38 minutes those are much higher than you've really been seeing from him. And I'm wondering how aggressive we we want to be with his minutes. Because right now I have him at, I'm at 35, which feels correct. But if you take him to 38, 39, then all of a sudden at 8,400, he's becoming a play that he just isn't right now. Any feeling on him as a possible cash game based on that last game script that we're using, which I, I, sometimes it's relevant and sometimes it's not. So I think in this case, he's a guy I've actually looked at quite a bit here. I do think it is relevant. Um, I think if you go down his game log, you have the 38 minutes against OKC. Then you have a game that they beat the Knicks by 36 points in, throw it out. He fouled out against Detroit, playing 33 minutes, you throw it out. Uh, The Lakers, he played 39 minutes in regulation. They blew out Cleveland by 25 points. They blew out Miami by 21 points. They blew out New Orleans by 23 points. And then he played 38 minutes uh, and then 44 minutes overtime against Detroit. So I do think the true rotation for him is 37 to 38 minutes. And actually, the better sample size is last game rather than the games leading up to it. Interesting. Okay, so I'll take his minutes up a little bit then um, because that was one I just really – I just didn't have a good feel one way or the other about it because – it's one thing to be aggressive on a guy at his basically peak price when you know Kawhi's out. You know, you, you know, there's mm-hmm. just like this, you know, or you know, Obak is out. You know, these other things, but that, that's really not the case with Siakam here. They're relative. I mean, the Lowry thing matters a little bit, I guess, but not as much as Kawhi and Ibaka and these other guys being out for him. So that was the reason I didn't want to be overly aggressive. But buddy, if you're if you're if you're feeling it, then I'm feeling it. I, I'm confident. I think Toronto, they're, they're still playing for that one seed. You know, they're only two oh, games yeah. back on Milwaukee. So I think that they're taking that seriously, and I think they're going for it. And Milwaukee, what a bummer. I, like, they're just getting they're just getting um, unhealthy or injured all at the wrong time. Like, Brogdon might miss up yeah. into the playoffs. Miritich now is out for two months with a broken hand. Like, can we just yeah. – I think you said the other day – I mean, I have a bet on Milwaukee, so I have incentive to want them to win the East. But the uh, besides that, can we – just want all these guys to be healthy. Just bring all your best teams into the playoffs. Yeah, I just want to watch the good players play each other. Speaking of good yeah. players playing each other, Doug, you may know that I only missed one game yesterday in my March Madness bracket. So, did you get do ready, one? buddy? Oh yeah, we're doing a Davis Family Bonanza March Madness, who, Madness bracket. Oh, I was just doing the in, in the old like doing the quick math among your friends <laughs> where you live. I was like. Well, the over the overlap on people that would do a March Madness bracket where I would get invited but you wouldn't is a. Uh, well, it's, it's like zero. Well, that's why I was like great. doing the math. I was like, I know like a lot of your friends up there up in New Hampshire. I was like, okay, not not money. Yeah, the outdoors, man, no. handy man. Yeah, not not big okay, sport guys. It's not Shay. In- <laughs> I was like, I don't. That was it. my brother Kyle. But uh, but yeah, I was. I'm I'm crushing the field right now. Like top 99.8 percentile in ESPN. So just watch out for me. That's all I'm saying. Got a got a real shot at this one. Denver goes in and plays the Knicks. Uh, Nuggets are on a back-to-back here, are 11-point favorites against New York. 
So I got I have some blowout risk concerns here. Um, Denver still has incentive to keep winning though, so I think that that's the only thing that's keeping them in sort of probably territory of maybe wanting to play them because I believe right now in the West are they are they tops in the West? No, wait. Oh, shoot, Denver, they're 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 right there with Golden State. They're half right. They're half a game behind Golden State, who had stumbled recently. Denver's won five in a row, so they are right there. And you could probably say now it's just a two-team fight. Rockets are four yeah, and a half. They're tied. They're tied in the loss column too. So I will say, yeah, the Denver thing though. All teams want home court advantage, but man, yeah. Denver really wants home court advantage. They, they have they have the best home court. They're thirty and six on the season, which is easily the best uh, home record uh, in mm-hmm. terms of wins. I mean, Milwaukee's twenty eight and six. But we also know they just have like this, there's this altitude thing for Denver that just gives them that extra advantage, especially like yeah. on short on shorter nights if you're going to be going turning around uh, games in multiple days. The, the Denver, if there was a one team that really really wanted home court advantage, I, I have to believe it's Denver more than anybody else. But do you think that with that the case in a really good matchup against the Knicks, we can be something like 35 minutes for Jokic, 36, 37 for Jamal Murray, you know, you know, 35 for Paul Millsap. And the reason I ask about those minutes is because when you start giving them very aggressive minutes, you are going to start seeing them in cash games because the Knicks offer just that kind of matchup. What are your thoughts on Denver? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Jokic is a guy I could consider. I think Millsap too. I think some of those other guys, like the guards and so on, I think there is a little bit of a tragedy of the common situation there. I think that... Yeah, I, I think there's considerable upside. I think there's real blowout risk here, too. So I think if you land on one or two, you're probably fine. But New York also just looks horrendous right now. I don't know if you caught oh, any yeah. of that game where they lost by 21 to Utah. But, oh, boy, they're not they're, – this is not a competitive ball club right now. So, well, right. I need well, – we'll get to them in one second. Well, the, screw it. I'm just going to say it now. I need to just sit down in a room with Fizdale, their coach, and be like mm-hmm. – Homie, not for nothing. Just be honest. Do you have a plan with minutes going into the game, or is it just kind of like you sit there and space out, and Kevin Knox just ends up staying on the court for forty-seven minutes because you forgot, or like what was the like? Kevin Knox played all but one minute in that game. I looked at his. Well, I saw his game log. I did not watch this game. You're like cool, double overtime, huh? That's what, I was, that's, what, that's what I thought. I was like, I was like, well, they easily. I was like, okay, well, he played forty-seven, so this is at least at least a single overtime, maybe double. Nope, forty-seven out of the forty-eight minutes. <laughs> And then DeAndre Jordan plays 18, uh, Zonia plays 26, Mitchell Robinson comes in and plays 30. But it's really the Knox thing. It's, it's the See, Knox what you didn't realize because you weren't watching the game, Doug, is that they were hot in the fourth quarter. The Knicks made up 11 points in that deficit. They only had 21 more to go. So, But they had to, they had to leave Knox out there because he was really the guy that was doing it for them. I honestly so. think their coach doesn't know. I think they have no idea what the plan is going in. I don't think they care. I think they want to lose, obviously. But the, but it's just it, it's really just malpractice to play these guys this many minutes. Yeah, and that's so why great. I think he just maybe just spaces out. like Just be like... Hey, where has anyone seen Kevin? Like, coach, he's still on the court. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he still out there? Like, well, you never took him out. We just got we just got scared that we didn't want to tell you. Like, we thought you. Do you think Kevin Knox is like on the court and it's kind of like a little kid's soccer game where like even the kids know it's kind of time for the subs and they keep looking at the coach, but right, the coach but is a, just like busy chatting with the wives and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's a rookie and just doesn't have the cachet to like actually ask out. So like, he just doesn't. Have, anyway, so I think that just sums up my next thoughts for me. I can't like you can't play any of these guys you can't play moody yet you can't trust that dotson's gonna play 37 minutes i mean i guess we could project kevin nosk at 48 minutes and just say you know yolo one time and see if we can just uh, well the reason moody was a play last time and the reason he played 34 minutes too is they were legitimately missing everybody else uh it was like him and dotson and then no one who even qualifies at any guard position because alan you know nick talina obviously smith and trier were all out so with alan likely coming back tonight i don't think moody is gonna be you know 
anywhere nearly as highly owned or and nor he should he be really yeah mostly with moody it's just that point guard especially on fanduel is very weak and so that was the only reason i mentioned him. he had been sort of borderline play for us on a couple days where allen was even around because the minutes are there but he just doesn't really do enough um he doesn't the, yeah. he sort of scores the assist numbers really aren't there so i think you can kind of I mentioned it mostly because it was a it was just such a weak position. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. San Antonio goes in and plays Houston, another one of these games, sort of along the OKC uh, Thunder line. That is just one of the ones you definitely want to tune in for from a, just a I don't know fun teams to watch. But where do we land with guys like Harden and Paul? And the, the Houston's played another one of these teams that's played a lot, is playing a lot of games in very few days. I think they're playing like four games in six days. Uh, the Golden State was five games in seven days. This was actually not podcasting on Wednesday. Was this was something I was going to go completely off about? Was the schedule <laughs> this for some of these teams? Because what are they? These last this this like week and a half has been particularly bad, and them just trying to jam in games. Like I said, Warriors five yeah. games in seven days. This is how you just get guys hurt. Like. And Houston, yep. and then they, they can't really stop themselves. They have to play. Anyway, but knowing this, knowing that there's, I think there are some minutes concerns with some of these teams, especially the smart ones like Houston. Do we want to be aggressive or do we just want to say that this matchup just doesn't represent a matchup that we want to target in DFS anyway because San Antonio is still pretty good on defense. Houston, for their right, are pretty good on defense. They play a pretty slow pace with the way Harden kind of controls the pace of play. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think you kind of landed there when it comes to it just not generally being a great game for DFS purposes. Um, San Antonio looked a lot weaker earlier in the season. Um, the pace has really come down for them, too. They're a bottom eight pace team. Houston, a bottom four pace team. So yeah. I think if you combine all that, uh, not that it's like a full-on skip necessarily. Like if you wind up, you know, with say, I mean, Harden, again, absolutely went off in his last game. So you get enough punts, he always becomes into consideration. But, yeah, generally I'm a, I'm not too enthused. One thing I am enthused about, Doug, though, you know me, it's, it's mathematical oddities. So right now, the four bottom teams that are making the playoffs in the West all have the exact same record. OKC, San Antonio, Utah, and the Clippers. Well, the yeah. three of those teams have won exactly 23 home games. So that's what I wanted to point out to you and our listeners today. Wow, yeah, 23 and 12, 12 23 and 12, 23 and 13 for the Clippers. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the West is is just all the same team, basically. From Houston, I, yeah. you know, definitely from the Thunder all the way down. But um, And there's just... There's like this jockeying movement. I'm not sure, and it's always funny because I don't know which what these teams really want. I, mean, I have to assume that most don't do not want to play the Warriors in the first round, but then after that, yeah. I wonder how much they really care about who they play. Like I think you'd you'd love to have had that five seed and play the Blazers, or just like swap it whoever's whoever's going to play there. So that has to be the team that you want to play the most, and because now two and a half games for the Thunder to catch the Blazers is it's kind of looking like starting to look like kind of a lot two and a half games over this the yeah, eight games know. to play or 10 games right. to play yeah. exactly that's that's a lot to make up uh yeah. yeah and then with the spurs too they, they even with some of these starters like Derek white started didn't play a ton of minutes they will catch rotations that are going to be hard to predict on a game-to-game basis yep. like they like what they see with mills or bellinelli or bertans or someone like that so outside of DeRozan, outside of aldridge it's very difficult to trust what their plan is on a night-to-night basis miami goes in and plays milwaukee Milwaukee ten point favorites here. Giannis, I think most he sat out the last two games, but it was mostly precautionary. I don't think that they are really all that worried about his injury. They are still two games up on the Raptors here. I do not want to be aggressive on a lot of the minutes. So specifically, I don't want to be aggressive on Giannis. They are getting a couple of their role players back, which I feel like will maybe cut into some of the minutes for guys like Ursan Ilyasova, guys like Pat Connington, and I'm talking about like they're getting Sterling Brown back, they're getting George Hill back. I think Gasol is going to play, and there's one other guy that I'm forgetting. But um, 
the, those guys in and of themselves aren't really plays, but when you see them come back into the mix, do we want to lower guys like Connington? Do we want to, like, guys like that have been popular plays? More with Giannis out. But what are your thoughts here on the Bucs? Then we'll talk about Miami. Yeah, I think that we were kind of, not that we were forcing it, but we played, or we would have played five Bucks in the last game against Cleveland, except for you're just not allowed. So <laughs> Lopez right. wound up being the odd man out. Uh, Miami, basically everything goes in the opposite direction for them in this game. Uh, you know, Giannis obviously playing causes them significant issues in terms of fewer minutes for everybody. Uh, you're seeing a pretty significant price increase on guys like Connaughton, even Ilyasova. Uh, Middleton's prices come up. Bledsoe's prices come up too. So basically you're seeing their best player, by far their biggest usage guy, come back. You're seeing increase in prices and you're seeing a worse matchup. So I think when you get all those factors all at once, it at least has to give you pause uh, right now, our system is not showing any of these guys in our optimal lineups, and I think that's a, probably a pretty good place to land right now. Yeah, Giannis just represents one of those guys that when he's out, the team gets crazy usage and rebounding assist bumps across yeah, the board. Of he just does everything for the team. When you take away the guy yeah. that does everything, then everyone else, they're not going to be as good of a team without him, but you're going to see just all those other things creep up, and when he's back, plus some other guys get a little healthier, I think that you're not really in the space where you want to play. The Miami... Uh, okay, so Bam Adebayo is questionable right now. I think that Justice Winslow and Rodney Magruder are both doubtful. They've been another one that's still tough to get a handle on, who's going to be playing on a nightly basis. Like Dragic plays a lot, then he doesn't really play a lot. I think the one thing here is if, if Bam sat, I think that we could probably play Olenek and Whiteside pretty confidently. And if he plays, I'm just not sure I see it with any of these guys. I wrote up Olenek because there's just so few power forwards to play. Uh, any final mm-hmm. thoughts here on Miami, then we'll move on to the last game. Yeah, you keep an eye on the injury news, I think. Uh, even Whiteside, dude, I I, oof, I would be pretty careful. I, I don't know what. Someday I'm going to have like some kind of data on why coaches hate Hassan Whiteside so much. The guy plays five minutes against OKC, like right. 18 minutes against the Spurs. I don't know. They hate the guy. The prices come down, I guess. If you get word that he's starting and they're out of options, I guess you play him. But yeah, I, I'm pretty gun-shy there. Yeah, he needs to be starting. That, that's really it. Like, he needs to be yeah. 100% the starter because if you can give him, like, 24 minutes at 5,000, let's say, on FanDuel, then you're probably there on his price. I mean, it's, it's it's not helped him that Bam has been really, really good of late. So they just found something that they like better with him. He's more versatile. He can just do more, um, just the, even just the energy. I hate to, like, comment on that because it's usually pretty stupid. But with Whiteside, I think it does take precedent that he's just, he's just more energetic when he plays. And he can switch better, too. So, all right, final game. Brooklyn goes in and plays the Lakers. Brooklyn is coming off one of the greatest all-time comeback wins in history. They were down 30 with two minutes left against the King in the third quarter against the Kings on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, um, and came back and won that game. And I, I meant to look up if that was like the biggest comeback in, in that shorter period of time in the NBA. It has to be, in, in, at least in recent memory. I'm not sure if it just is all-time. But they're coming off this game where D'Angelo Russell – it just continues to make that trade. I, no one cared about the time because I don't think anyone thought that he was going to turn into this. But, man, he looks awesome. <laughs> like He played 38 minutes. He took 33 mm-hmm. shots. He dropped 44 points. Um, where we talk about him compared to guys like Kawhi or guys like uh, not Paul George. Well, I guess Paul George. We're trying to find other guys like sort of in the similar price range. Where do you think like ownership is going to land on him? He's been a guy that people want to play. He's also... Not the safest guy on a night-to-night basis. If the shot's not dropping, things can get really hairy really quick for him. I think Russell is going to be the biggest question people have on this slate about whether or not he's cash game viable. He's 8900 on FanDuel, and I'll look up the price real quick on DraftKings. Um, I don't have it in front of me. 
Give me your thoughts on Russell. I'll find the DraftKings. 8,300 on DraftKings. What are, <laughs> what, are your thought, what are your thoughts here? Because I think this is going to be the biggest question people have. And if we didn't have him in lineups, let's say, and you saw he was like 70%, where, what would you be your feeling on this? Because that's kind of how sometimes we judge the mental state about where we want to play a guy. Yeah, I would not be excited, I don't think, if we were off the chalk and he was on the chalk. I, I get that he can burn you. And actually, we've been off Russell chalk, and it's worked out more times than not. I think that tonight you're going to see an increased amount of that do the hashtag revenge game factor as well. And I think just coming off two games where he just kept the ball in his hands the entire game and it worked out, I think that combination definitely has to make you a little bit scared to be off him tonight. He's expensive, but not that expensive. And like we've talked about already, there's plenty of relatively cheap guys you can fill in around him. So I think he's playable. I think he's potentially interesting. I think, as usual, it's going to come down to what we really think the minutes are for him because... If you really think he's just going to be a, a regular at 38 minutes, then you're probably pretty enthusiastic about it. But if you think the true minutes are, you know, like 30, then you probably don't want to do it. So that's kind of where I land. Let me let me ask you a question. So let's say on FanDuel right now, you had to pick two of the three. Let's say you can't do all three of them just because of the nature okay. of their prices. Of West, and I know they're not all the same prices, but I think I'm just kind of like scrolling down through how lineups are kind of being generated sure. for us, and this seems like the theme that you need to pick two of the three of Westbrook, Kawhi, and Russell. Where do you do you have a gut feeling about where, which two of those three you'd feel best about? Just kind, of, I know it's a kind of off, it's a it's a random question because it has a lot of other moving parts in here. But do you have? It doesn't. It doesn't though. I think I think you're right. I think I mean just context, independent of context. I think probably Westbrook and Kawhi are safer. Like if you were just playing. You know, a season-long DFS league and you weren't worried about the chalk on a night-to-night -night basis, uh, you would just play Westbrook and Kawhi, I think. I think, you know, also, like you mentioned, the fact that they came back from a 25-point deficit in the fourth quarter was probably a lot of the reason that Russell wound up getting those insane minutes. Like, they just stuck with it to see if they could pull it out. Uh, I think if his rotation really is 33 minutes, it's just, it's generally speaking, really hard to be a true talent $9,000 player on a 33-minute rotation. So yep. I think if I took all that together, I'd probably just play those other guys. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some recency bias on him. That he's been Again, he's been very good over the short term, but he has yeah. a standard deviation and a coefficient of variation. It's, I looked it up the other day, and I'm sure it's only gone up a little bit because there's been a couple wild swings in his game log since I did it like a week ago. But among guys in his average DraftKings price tier, he was easily the most uh, very like the most um, not variable – What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, volatile. That's it. Sorry. Jeez. He's easily the most volatile guy in that group. So, um, and that, that just bears out in the game log. Like sometimes the minutes are there, sometimes the shots falling, and sometimes it's just he sits on the bench in crunch time. So, um, mm -hmm. I think that's I probably feel a little bit better at the 8300 on DraftKings. Um, that just that price savings feels just just cheap enough that I can probably roll it, and this will be another one that we probably have to discuss going into lineup lock tonight. And look, I'm, I'm forgetting that I'm just leaving off the fact that he's easily probably the best matchup of this of this group against the Lakers here. The Brooklyn, this game is a 229 over under, easily the highest of the day. It's a thin spread with the Lakers only minus one. So if you're looking for Vegas to sort of back up a close game where he's going to see a lot of minutes and just get there on points, then that probably, that does help his case as well. With, Le with LeBron coming back into the mix here, we'll finish off here. What does it do for you in wanting to roster Lakers? His minutes can't really give him more than 33 and it kind of it's the same thing with Giannis like it kind of just dusts off a lot of the other plays that you might see as opposed to like when he's out any thoughts on the Lakers yeah you took the words right out of my mouth um I think he's still priced like a guy who's going to play 37 plus minutes uh, and it was nice to see I guess him touch 35 against New York but I don't think that I think the days of him playing 37 to 40 minutes are long gone and I think his presence just 
and especially the fact that he can touch 35 minutes makes all these other guys terrifying. So I think I'll probably wind up passing here. Yeah, I wrote up Kuzma as a guy. Kuzma, man, sure. he... The only reason I would I can see playing Kuzma is because his prices comes down. The shooting on him has been as bad as you could ever imagine the shooting can be for a guy. He's like four for his last 30 or something. I wrote it up in the article. I don't have it in front of me. He's like he's his shooting numbers from three mm-hmm. are the thing of absolute nightmares. And it's not like he's a great three-point shooter, but he's not like a 16% three-point shooter or whatever he's been over the last month. So if you catch a, kind of a heat check night from him, which LeBron can get guys into because LeBron is just good at finding open shooters. If you can get yeah. a heat check night out of Kuzma, I can see him killing this price. And man, he just has really, really struggled from the field. Okay, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Baseball right around the corner, less than a week away on baseball. And if you sign up now, our subscription package and our pro package covers you for all sports. So you'll see Mm -hmm. some sites like, oh, buy our MLB package for the season or buy this package or buy the first half of the MLB. We don't do that. We if we offer it on our site under the membership uh, on a membership tier, you just get all of it under one thing. And that's optimal apps for FanDuel and DraftKings, NBA, MLB. I mean, NFL, when it comes around, we don't mess around with that stuff. It's just, we're too lazy to, we're too lazy to have <laughs> yeah, there we go. packages. <laughs> it's just hard to make Generous or lazy. Yeah. And just keep track of them. What a disaster. Who wants to do that? So it's all covered. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started. Buddy, enjoy your Friday night in basketball. Thanks, man. Peace. Fall is finally here, and so is Old Navy's big fall sale. Get thousands of styles from just five bucks. All your fall favorites are on sale now. Layer up with $5 tees and $10 long sleeve tees for the whole family, and stock up on sweaters and dresses for just $15. Plus, save even more with up to 75% off clearance styles. Don't miss out. Hurry in for thousands of styles from just five bucks now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1015 to 1025, select styles only. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.